0: Got a Japan.
1: Yeah, I don't to tell. I'm in on business. I'm all about my business, but I ain't got no briefcase. Yeah, all I got some whiskey. Open that with whiskey. To bring it to you. Yeah, I'm leaning up against the door, and my pizza to the floor.
2: What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Godfitted Japan, and I am your host, Johnny and I'm your other host Jeremy motherfucking Deschner. That's right. And as you find folks know Guff in Japan is about three dudes booze Japan in the news. That's right. And actually uh Fader's Tom is not here right now. Tom has got a little bit of uh business that he's taking care of, but he's going to be here soon. So we it's it's three dudes booze Japan in the news, but uh we have a duet. A hardcore fader that I've known for a long time, and we're very, very happy to be on the show because she is a wealth of musical information, and she's doing some incredible stuff here in Japan, and we got to get her on the show. We have her on the show, and she's going to talk about her show on our show. How many times can I say the word show? I'll say it one more. This is the Got Faded Japan show, and this is episode number, Jeremy? 670, I believe, is the number. That's right, and we have the one, the only April Pareto on the show. Thank you so much for being here, April.
0: Hello. Glad to be here. Glad to be here in these little online streets.
1: <laughs> mm. Yep.
2: That's how we roll. I got faded Japan and <laughs> um, faders. This is a drinking podcast and we are all drinking a uh, Jeremy. What are you drinking right now? Oh, uh, I've got my classic shochu and hop uh, hoppy. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. Mm.
2: Very good. And April, what do you have over there?
0: Well, I am enjoying a gin tonic, as is my usual evening beverage.
2: Fantastic. Well, I'm not as cool as you guys. Um, I told my wife last night to bring home some wine and she said, what kind of wine? I said, I don't know, something cheap. So (laughs) she brought home the 7-Eleven plastic bottle special and it's just called wine. 7-Eleven wine. Here we go. This, this Ooh, is it. stick. <laughs> yeah, oh, my it's a, goodness.
0: She
2: that's didn't a, even that's go for the, the right 800
0: here. yen that is actually in glass. <laughs> no, I,
2: I, I think this bottle actually costs about 150 yen. Um, yeah, I'm officially a wino.
0: Wow. What <laughs> impressive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 720 liters of pure grape ju- fruit juice. Was this grape juice? This, no, this is grape flavored yeah, I don't even know, man. Target this is, is
0: grape
2: it, juice. It just it t- tastes weird. It tastes like chemicals. I don't even know what this is. If I die tonight, faders, well, it's been one hell of a ride. <laughs>
0: I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll be fine. It's probably formaldehyde. You'll be pickled from the inside.
3: Too.
2: You way. can use it to clean up paint if you spill paint. Mm. Oh, you got a point. I could. Well, yeah. All right, well, guys, let's do a compie. Faders, compie, compie. Cheers. Oh, wait. Bye. Yeah.
0: There,
2: ah, <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, chemicals, chemicals. Oh my god, basically, everything's a chemical, Johnny.
0: Better living through chemicals,
2: yeah, that is true. Oh gosh, okay, well, see you on the flip side then. Um, April, April, yes. soon, very soon, you have a festival that you're organizing, and I would love to know every single detail about your festival. Could you please tell us about the Tokyo BM Festival?
0: OK, every single detail, okay.
2: every single dirty it detail started
0: as a tiny idea. Um, actually, it did kind of start as a tiny idea. Um, I'm sure most of your listeners, viewers, uh, ignorers are familiar with showcase music festivals. I think the most famous one being South by Southwest. Of course, there's Splendor in the Grass, things like that. The gist is, is it's not a festival where um, the bands are getting paid, <laughs> um, and it's not a festival where the festival invites the bands. It's a festival that uh, is open up for artist submissions. They have to meet certain requirements, like they've been together a certain amount of time, but not too long. They're maybe independent or small label bands. They're trying to grow, and the whole purpose of showcase music festivals is. For musicians to meet other musicians to perhaps collaborate with find partnerships meet from other countries for future touring but also the main audience while it is open to the public anyone can come see it the main audience are industry so the show Showcase festivals invite a lot of label reps from a variety of size labels, they invite music publishers, independent filmmakers, music video makers, people who do photography for music, basically any type of support or collaborating partner within the music sphere to come watch these bands. Then to give the band's feedback or, or maybe they're lucky enough to get somebody that would like to distribute their music in that particular area or um, release maybe some songs within their label or get them some radio airplay or write up an article for them in a, in a music mag, something like that. So this type of showcase festival has not been occurring fully well not at all in Tokyo um there is a small similar type of thing there's a small one in Osaka that just has a few bands each year maybe I think their usual is like 12 bands total you know mm-hmm. um, and then there is a small one in Okinawa that is um I'm not sure it's showcase showcase though I feel like a lot of the bands are already on medium sized labels so maybe it's a um, something a hybrid not quite showcase but not quite like big regular festival Mm -hmm. so we wanted to create a showcase music festival in tokyo because tokyo being a large city having a very active and vibrant music scene uh it seemed kind of crazy that there wasn't one here already um so um couple before covid When I was booking a couple of bands on tours, I happened to book them in at a venue in Shibuya. And the manager said, well, you know, I'm doing this little local just venue music festival. It'd be cool to have some overseas bands. So, yeah, I'll put them in there. I'll put them in there. So after that event, I asked him, why don't we officially make this local event that you have into a more international music showcase festival. I can promote it overseas, you can promote it here. Uh, we can both you know, send out request events to submit and let's see what can happen. And so he was very game on it. So we'd been talking for several months. So this year we were hoping as it did that borders would open. <laughs> Will Japan finally let in tourists? (laughs) So we we bit the bullet and we said, okay. so in May, we uh, put up a website saying we're taking submissions for the first ever Tokyo Beyond Showcase Music Festival. Uh, You know, gave a little description. What is a showcase festival? You're not paid, you pay your own way, but it's an opportunity to collaborate, partnerships, labels, et cetera, et cetera. Linked some articles about showcase festivals and opened up the submissions overseas and we thought you know it's our first event uh nobody knows who this is we'll share it around on some social media i'll share it to some music people i know in other countries we'll just see what happens and we got over 250 bands from overseas that submitted to play in the festival. And uh, so while we were going through there to kind of narrow it down to about 40 uh, from overseas, then we opened it up for Japan submissions. And again, um, a lot of artists here, because there hasn't been a showcase festival here are not so familiar with it. We thought, "Mm, will we get anything? We did get uh, about 100, about 100 Japan bands, Predominantly from the Tokyo area, of course, (laughs) a few scattered out there uh, that submitted. And so then we narrowed that down also. So originally we thought we would have about 70 bands, but it did become I think we're at like 43 um, just because as it goes with international bands, Sometimes they think they'll be able to get funding, but from an arts council like Canada, Australia, a variety of places in Europe, uh, the government actually has grants that they'll give to bands if they're going to go to a showcase festival as kind of a music export type of activity. Some of them didn't get that. Uh, Some of them, you know, they got offers for paid tours and didn't come. A couple of bands broke up. So you know, you break up, you can't. Why showcase?
1: <laughs> um,
0: but still, it we have a, a Saturday. We'll be going from. We're going to start at four p.m. and we'll be going until five a.m. Wow! And then on Sunday, uh, we'll we'll restart after we after five a.m. We'll restart at one p.m. and go till ten p.m. So we'll mm. just have bands band. We're doing it across four venues uh right there all in one building in shibuya and we'll see we'll see how it goes <laughs> we'll see That's how it goes be amazing
2: yeah wow so let me get this straight there's one building in shibuya which is like the entertainment district of Tokyo mm-hmm. you've got a building that has four floors and every floor you're gonna have nonstop bands from one o'clock in the afternoon until five o'clock in the morning on Saturday and Sunday.
0: Close. Uh, in that it's not that there's one on each. Uh, there's two venues on the basement, one above and one kitty corner <laughs> to it.
1: But, <laughs> oh, <yes>. sorry. <laughs> but yeah.
0: <laughs> but basically wherever you're standing, you're going to be like less than 20 steps away from a venue that has other music. So it is in like the staggered circuit pattern. So, You could start watching one band and then um, about five minutes before the first band is over, another band is starting in another venue. So, yeah, you could hop around. We're going to have one venue is going to be dedicated towards the more acoustic artists. Mm -hmm. Uh, One venue is a more for the electronic or track maker DJ style. And then the other two venues will run the gamut through our, we have jazz, we have R&B, we have pop, we have rock, we have heavier rock. Uh, so yeah, it'll be, yeah, whatever you want to hear is, is probably can be found there. We have musicians coming in from, I think this, it's about 16 different countries, several European countries, U.S., Canada, Mexico. Tunisia, Thailand, Malaysia, Hong Kong, etc. I don't remember off the top of my head. but basically it, it is truly kind of a global
2: experience. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, wow, I'm speechless. Jeremy, what are your thoughts? Uh, got a couple questions. Uh, what does it cost to get in?
0: ah okay so if somebody wants to come for a one-day pass it is three thousand yen and the two-day pass is five thousand yen
3: oh that's that's for all that's for bands for all day and all night basically right yep Mm -hmm. if you love music that'd be the that'd be the best way to spend it and then i'm assuming there's there's like food and beverages on site and uh
0: well, of course, you know, the bars are open, so you can right. uh, purchase your beverages there. And where the venue is located, um, I mean, Shibuya has all sorts of stuff anyway, but sure. where the venue is located within, I mean, you walk outside the door and next door is an Indian Indian restaurant. Uh, 10, Ten paces down is a burger shop. Then across the street, there's three convenience stores, two coffee shops, uh, yeah, basically, you're within two minutes of food in, in, so w- in any direction.
3: You, once you have your ticket, you can go in. You can go in and, and out, in and out, in and out, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, pop you out have just, some uh, have some curry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah they'll have wristbands, people, and cool. then you just show the wristband at the door.
3: Wow, that's uh, and, so awesome. and did you say what day this this is all happening? Which two days?
0: That the will dates? be this weekend, 26th and 27th.
3: <sighs> amazing! Amazing.
0: So, the main venue is Shibuya Home. So, if anybody looks up Shibuya Home, it'll indicate their address, and all the venues are in that building or right next to it.
3: Okay. So, when you pop in, you get your bracelet that shows Mm -hmm. that you've paid your, 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 your ticket. I assume you're going to give them like a, a list, like venue number one has these guys and uh, approximate times, and this venue yes. two has these. Yes. And... So oh,
0: cool. the schedule cool. is online already, but of course we're going to print it out to hand it out to them, so they'll be able to see each band and you know the listing of the venues.
3: That's going to be fantastic. I think I'm well, going to be what's there. What's the average set? <laughs> what's the average set time? Like, is it a 20 minutes?
0: Set, 30, 30, minute set. 30 minutes 30 oh, minutes oh that's really going to be good so we yeah. i guess you know we are a little nervous this is our first time doing this type of big showcase festival um so you know with any large event <laughs> things can go wrong or you know, but you learn, you learn. And our goal is not to just do this once and then be done with it. The goal is to hopefully make this something annually in the fall right. uh, in Tokyo, which corresponds to like this weekend, there is a similar style festival in Thailand. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a similar style festival in, I think, Taiwan, and then they're often around this time as a similar type of thing in Korea. So to keep it here, then, you know, for some bands, uh, they may be, you know, maybe admitted into more than one festival. It's a great way to just come and enjoy, you know, playing in some different markets throughout the Asian yeah. region.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I would you know, love that's... to see something like that in Fukuoka.
2: Hmm. You know, that's really interesting that you say that, Jeremy, because, I mean, you've got a bar and your bar has like a little stage, like a little open space where bands can perform, you know. So maybe that's something that you guys could talk about later, you know. So when bands do come to Japan, maybe there's a place where they can perform in Fukuoka.
0: That's right. Yeah, a lot a- of bands, yeah, want to pop down to other cities.
2: Yeah, we
3: have a band. T- we have a band tomorrow and we got one on the th- third yeah, so I'm booking these let myself. I'm not a professional booker like you guys are. I'm just, I just talk to some customers and and like some of my customers are like, oh, we play instruments. I'm like, you want to do a gig here? And they're like, yeah. So I would love to see that grow because my idea of a good time is what you're just described right there. That festival sounds like a fantastic time. You got your booze, you got your crowd, you got your mm-hmm. awesome music. If I don't like this band, I can walk over and see this band. If I if I don't like this kind of music, I hop upstairs and watch them play. You know, like metal or or Mm -hmm. rock, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's it's, that is the perfect weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, it's
0: a great way to discover music, too. I know that some people discover music at the large, big festivals, like they go to a Fuji rock or they go to a Coachella and not to discount those festivals. But the bands that play at those festivals are already pretty well known (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, while it may be a new discovery for you, you haven't seen that particular mm. band. In general, those bands discovered already. <laughs> mm. Whereas this type of event is one of those things where people can be like, I knew them back when, you know, sure. and do it's the fun. festival. And, and then hopefully, the thing is, is for me, uh, my whole thing is trying to provide artists with opportunities, legitimate honest opportunities, no bullshit opportunities. I'm, I'm not going to tell a band, dude, I can make you a star. You know, we're going to get you in front of the right people on the right stage. And you're going to be famous because it doesn't work like that anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. If it ever really has, maybe like a, you know, 50 years ago, it did.
3: Well, maybe a vaudeville times, I guess. Yeah,
0: Yeah. exactly. You know, the guy, hey, 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 you want to be a star? I can make. Yeah, we'll take your act on the road, brother. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I am no Colonel Parker. Okay. So I'm not going to, be, you know, flim flam and, you know, the artists and things like that. So we want to provide a way for them to legitimately work with others, potentially be seen by industry, get some feedback Give them kind of some education on what they can do to grow within the market or within international touring and then hope they take that and blossom into whatever they're wanting to do.
3: That is okay, uh, one question I have about that is, like, um, you have a process, I'm assuming, uh, of how you select the bands. You said that some of them, you know, didn't get their funding or, you know, other things happened. But what, what is the process you choose? Uh, you see, you got over 300, you said. Mm-hmm. How do you narrow that down to, to 43? How, well, oh. That must be like you have to watch tapes or something. Please tell us about your process. It
0: hmm. was kind of like that. So, first of all, for the band to submit, they were su- Post to meet certain requirements, such as if it was a band, not a solo performer, they should have been together at least 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the past year, they should have played at least six live shows. Now, with COVID, we were like, you know, some of them could be live streaming. That's not a problem. But we need, you know, proof that you did these shows and able to see it, um, that they should have released... Within the past 12 months now, whether that was uh, a full album or a mini album EP or just a single, that they have actually released something that's out there for sale within the year. Because we wanted bands that were already trying to grow. They're showing that they're serious, that they're actually musicians, that they're not just doing it for fun. Nothing wrong with bands that do it for fun, but that's like a different type of event. Mm Right. Right. So supposing that they fulfilled all these requirements, we asked them to send us two video links. One should be a live performance video taken within the 12 months. And then the other one should be a, you know, regular style music video. And basically we just, we had to listen to all of it. We, we wow, listened okay. to every band. And then, so basically we, we now, one thing I will say what we did try to do is we, we did kind of put the bands in, stock in in piles. Like, okay, here are the bands from Europe, and mm-hmm. here are bands from Asia, and here's bands from African continents, and here's bands from the Americas, and here's bands from, like, Australia New Zealand, because we did want to try to cover ev- everything. So right. you'd say uh, take the bands from the Americas, First, we we listen to all of them and we pick our number one from there. Then we listen to the ones from Europe and we pick our number one from there. And and then and then we go back to the Americas and what's our number two and then back to Europe and what's our number two and so on. And then after we got like a reasonable number of of kind of global coverage, then we just went through and go, okay, now, regardless of where they're from, What other bands do we really like? You know, maybe because they're a genre that's not being shown so far, or just because they're generally awesome, uh, anything like that. And then after we narrowed it down, then we sent them the invitation.
3: Wow. Wow. That's fantastic.
0: But yeah, it was a committee. There's uh, three people. There's myself, the venue manager, and then actually, I guess, the the manager of one of the other venues. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're all in on it. So what I also want to mention here is it's really kind of a labor of love because us organizing, um, you know, we're not we're not expecting to make any any money. And the venues normally venues rent you know, they charge rent uh, for an all day event. It could be close to $4,000 to to do it. And especially in Shibuya Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the venues are basically saying, okay, all weekend, do it, you know, just do it. There's no rent. They're not charging rent yet. The venues are still paying their staff members, you know, their bartenders, their door people to work and all of that stuff. So Uh, yeah everybody's taking the chance on it that like look let's do this for musicians let's do this to help make Tokyo a music city without the concern of this is a prime weekend that we could be renting these venues (laughs) Uh, and we're just yeah we're doing it
3: from the from the venue owner's perspective I mean like Johnny mentioned I own my own place Um, I think it's a great idea for them because they're going to keep all the bar they're going to keep all the bar money and all the funny and then and then you're providing all the bands that that, that are going to be awesome because you've you've you have your committee and you've decided out of the three four hundred that you got there's just going to be completely awesome bands no one's going to suck because that's like the worst thing to happen when you're a, a venue owner is to get like a, a band that's just terrible but you've <laughs> already just you've already trimmed all the fat and it's going <clears> to <throat> just be awesome music from from here on out and all. All they have to do is sit back and and um, and just provide you a space. I think it's a great a great op- option for them. I
0: think it'll be good for them. Um, you know, they're getting certainly you know mentioned, and hopefully it can grow. And certainly, bands will be wanting to tour here. I I do see the the potential part on the drinking. However, in general, most live houses don't make very much off the bar um, because in general. Japanese audiences, anyway, compartmentalize their entertainment. So if they're going to go out drinking, they go to a bar,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if they go to a live house for music, they buy the one required drink, and that's it.
1: Hmm.
0: So okay. I again, if if you're there all day, though,
1: <laughs> yeah, people really are going to get thirsty.
0: It's not like just four hours. Okay, I'm going to buy my right. one drink and I'm going to watch the band I came for and then I'm out. So I'm sure that they they will make more. But I just did want to mention, I know in the U.S., Canada, and certainly like uh, different areas outside Tokyo, the, the bar can make money from the bar. But mm-hmm. in Tokyo and Osaka, Sapporo, the live houses don't make as much as you would think from alcohol sales because it usually is one drink a person And and then that's it. So they have to make money from either rental of the organizer or the the ticket fee, you know, if the venues run the event. All in all, though, I don't think it's they're they're uh, not going to regret the event (laughs) for sure.
3: Sounds
2: like it's going to be great. Yeah. Absolutely. And also like a lot of I mean, I think half the bands that you have are international. And if you're bringing over I mean, if you're bringing over Australian bands, uh, mm-hmm. I think the bars are going to be fine.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: we do have, I think, three Australian bands, and though they themselves will probably drink. <laughs> enough for the yeah. rest of
2: everyone. Well, I saw that you're bringing over Theron and I'm really yeah. happy about that and um, I've drank with those guys before I don't remember doing it but I I, I did <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah uh, so I'm sure they'll keep mine. the
0: bar tab going <laughs>
2: oh my gosh yeah and those guys loved to tip too it's like no you don't have to do that here <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: awesome. nice guys nice guys oh they're so cool so
0: cool in fact they played at the the That was, they were kind of one of the impetus bands because they came, they wanted to do a tour. And I contacted the venue, and he was doing what was the early Tokyo Beyond, but it was just a venue event
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, that he had made that had 10 bands instead of the regular four. Uh, And he was like, Oh, an international band, let's throw them in. And then, yeah, we got to talking and he said, I want to make this something more. I want to make it more. So when it um, when we decided to do it, uh, maybe Theron is the one band I contacted and I said, hey, you're kind of uh, semi involved in the inspiration of of this so i'm hoping you're gonna apply (laughs) i can't guarantee approval but (laughs) why don't you apply but fortunately you know when we did the listening it was kind of a blind listening you know we numbered it and we would listen yep they're great they're great they're great Mm -hmm. and of course they made the cut they made
2: the cut great band of course awesome awesome um i got a question about merch like, um, there's going to be a lot of bands there. Are, are the bands going to have, like, spaces where they can sell T-shirts and stickers and patches and stuff like that?
0: Indeed. So, actually, of course, Tokyo Beyond, we will have merch as well. Uh, we have these these uh, very cool stickers that we're going nice. to be selling. Very cool. Uh, we also have Tokyo Beyond Festival T-shirts and hoodies which will be available for sale. Um, But yes, then the bands, we're going to have a, uh, and again, the whole building, not just the venues, but there's actually a small art gallery in the building that is letting us use their space to set up for the bands to have their merchandise there. What? There's another, like an office within the building that is allowing us to use the space as like an equipment check-in room. So when bands come in, You know, they can come in as early as they want. They can check in their equipment, get like a, you know, like a coat check ticket, (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, check in their guitars and then go party. And then like when it's time for their their setup time, they can go to the room, get their show their ticket, get their uh, guitars and go over to the stage and set up. Uh, But yes, the bands will have tables so that they can set up and sell their goods.
2: That's fantastic. What goods do you think are the best to sell these days? Do you think, uh in Japan, do people still buy a lot of CDs, or is it mostly T-shirts? Or I know needies, Last, like before COVID, needies were like super popular. Mm. So, what do you think? What do you think are popular? Like, what is popular now?
0: Well, CDs are extremely good sales, and actually, in many countries. So, when I talk to other bands, it, it, this is a side tangent on the on the music trail here mm-hmm. um thanks to the chin talking i'm sure You're just gonna go ramble around
2: no, that's how well, we roll
0: well in yeah. general you know the 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 labels or whatever they say oh people don't want cds they don't want they don't want physical they want streaming they want digital downloads yet whenever i talk to a band from almost any country They say, and this is from the US, from Canada, you know, from Europe. They say, when we do a live show, our number one seller are our CDs. Wow. They sell out quick in every country. They sell out CDs quick. And of course, some bands have started also doing vinyl again. And they're able to sell vinyl quite well. Cassette still sells. Actually, cassette sells pretty well in Japan because there's kind of a boombox, uh, niche kind of subculture uh, where people want to buy cassette. Uh, mm. There's some kind of there's some genres that have only done cassette. They've never mm. gone to CD. Um, so yeah, CDs are good. Uh, hoodies are good, especially in the fall. Echo bags. You know, basically bags that you can throw your lunch in and take it off to work, uh, uh, or your books or your spare shoes and carry them around. Because here in Japan, everybody's carrying shoes mm. and uh, books and all their stuff on the train. That is good here. Again, vinyl is making a resurgence. The past for the past two years, actually, uh, sales of CDs and vinyl have increased. Wow. Uh, the past two years, uh, certainly in Japan and in a few other countries as well, well the uh, digital sales are kind of they've plateaued and then the physical product is going up.
2: Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, physical products, man. I I like something Mm -hmm. that's tangible that you can just have in your hand. You can look at it. You can enjoy it. You can read it. If something's on my phone, even if it's like super awesome, I look at it for two seconds and then I flip to the next thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I got a turntable
1: right here.
0: (laughs) Yep. I have one over here too. It's kind of a cheap one, but I don't care. It's a turntable. It works. I think, um, you know, people are going back to the idea of they do want the tangible product. They want to see the album art. Mm-hmm. They want oh, to pull yeah. if it's vinyl, they want to pull it out and read all the liner notes on the sleeve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um CDs have, be, have been very attractive, of course, the smaller album art, but you know, when you open it up, it, it's a booklet in there. You know, oh, oh, here's all the lyrics, here's the note, oh, here's the artist has done their own little doodles. Here's a couple of photos and this sticker you know, so having that physical product is really nice.
2: That's so awesome. Yeah. That, that's super, super cool. Um, <clears throat> My next question. So for all these bands that are coming. And then, I mean, this, once this podcast is on, it's going to be on forever. I mean, the internet is permanent, right? So in the future, you're going to do this next year, the following year and the next, for the next 10 years, yeah. you know, you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So for all you future bands out there, this is for you. So, What are some things that musicians should know before touring in Japan?
0: Uh, Okay. I think it is very important for people when they come to Japan to tour to realize that Japan, um, I think most people when they read about Japan, they realize, oh, it's the second largest music market in the world. Okay, that goes in one ear but it often seems when they're from um, UK or US, they falsely assume, oh, it must be because a lot of UK, US artists are there. That must be what they're buying. They're not thinking that there's a huge domestic scene here and that's what people are purchasing. So 80% of what is purchased here is domestic. Only 20 or a little less than 20% of the music purchased here is from overseas. So I think it's very crucial for artists to realize that coming here is not, oh, we're going to be instantly famous. That that old adage of big in Japan, that was only maybe in the 80s, uh, but it's not it's not true anymore. Coming here saying, oh, I'm from X, Y, Z country is not a promotional uh, giveaway. Just saying, say you're from the U.S. or U.K. is not going to get you the opening spot for a major label band here. So they have to realize when they come in, they have to start at the ground floor, just like they did at home and you know play the shows interact with the fans do their social media come back again say 18 months later do it again keep the social media contact you can't just show up be famous leave for three years come back and expect all those same people to show up to a show so what would be the short version of that is you're not going to be famous the first tour (laughs) Maybe that's it. Yeah, just expect that that you're working from the ground up, just like an entry level position. Transferring companies does not guarantee you immediate uh, partnership status.
2: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Yeah, um, and also I think it's really important that bands have like a huge social media like presence. You know, like mm-hmm. for example, I mean, I think one band that does it spectacularly is uh, Bad Mary. Bad Mary oh. is always putting stuff online. They're always like releasing new music. They're always playing mm-hmm. live and like online live. And um, yeah, it's, I, I, and like, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a mega fan oh, uh-huh. and, and I've got friends that went to their show and then they see Bad Mary and they're just like, Oh my God. And uh, yeah, every so often, like that name will just come up in a conversation. You know, I'll be talking to some of my friends or musicians and like, Hey man, remember that band that came was a bad Mary. And then the guy who was wearing like this velvet, like a strap thing. And he jumped on the, the and I'm just like, yeah, 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 you know, and bad Mary. Yeah. Like, I mean,
0: no, they're coming back. They'll be back. We're, I'm about see. to arrange the tour.
2: Ah, so, ah yeah. Man boy. But, yeah. um, <laughs> <it is laughs> I'm great. so
1: stoked. Social so media stoked. is
0: so important. People yeah. need to realize that they need to use it and make social media like their own personal PR agency, Mm -hmm. you cannot Mm -hmm. wait. Like, gosh, I hope a radio station or a magazine or uh, a blog writes about me. I mean, that's all wonderful if any of that happens. But you almost have to go. You know what? My social media is so and so radio station, so and so blog, so and so music magazine, and I'm going to put my own articles up about myself and my band and I'm going to be posting. So they need to have they need to be doing that already. And then when you go into a new market, especially a market that isn't primarily English speaking, You have to localize some of your posts into the native language of where you're going. That doesn't mean you have to write a whole essay every day, but at least put a couple of sentences, say in Japanese or in Thai or other languages where English is, other countries where English is not like so readily used. And target those ads, you know, use the tools that social media gives us, such as Boost this post to who? (laughs) Uh, Japan, (laughs) Tokyo, ages 18 to 35, go. You know, they need to do that. Mm -hmm. And then after they tour here, they need to maybe still, like if they care about the market, then just at least do that once a month. You know, keep your regular social media active because that's where you want people to follow you. But at least once a month, Pay the 10 bucks or the 15 bucks or the six bucks and boost a post in Japanese into the audience that you're hoping to grow to let the people know hey, we're here, we're thinking about you. Please follow our page, look at our new video, etc.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay, I got just a few more questions. And my sure. next question is what should bands be cautious about before coming to Japan?
0: cautious it's a wonderland over here uh i it's hard to say okay so we often hear like when people are touring in other countries their equipment was stolen that doesn't happen here so they don't have to worry about that so they don't have to worry about things getting stolen uh i guess they need to be cautious that when they are drinking They should not go in to bars that they're taken into by street touts. (laughs) Uh Hey, buddy, come on (laughs) in. Uh, Or they will wake up not missing a kidney, but certainly missing all of their cash. You know, they'll have been drunk under the table and overcharged for something. Um, But within the music part, within doing live music, I would say be cautious. Oh, okay. Uh, the fact that audiences, again, if they're playing in a live house with predominantly Japanese audience, the audience acts different. So the prime, predominantly Japanese audience, they don't like to, you know, they go to hear the music. They didn't go there to have a conversation, so they don't talk. It's not because they hate to talk. It's just kind of a different environment you know when you go into a place in the u.s unless it's like a big big concert arena style when you go to the small ones everybody's kind of drunk and yelling and like hey how was work this week but here it's like we're listening to the music stop talking (laughs) and that is whether it's rock or acoustic now certainly acoustic is very quiet but even rock you know the people will just Mhm 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 you know they're observing they're observing it doesn't mean they don't like it it just means it's a different style it's more like we are here in the live house to listen to the music We're, if if we wanted to like have a big conversation we'd go outside so i would say that when they come over realize that audience protocol or audience courtesy is don't be talking while the band is playing <laughs> zip it <laughs> and people will not be talking when you're playing either so maybe that's that's about all I can think of tell me if you can think of anything else johnny uh
2: <clears throat> yeah cautious uh to be careful of uh yeah don't lose your cell phone mm-hmm. uh be careful of last train mm-hmm. uh keep an eye on the exchange rate right now it's in your favor uh uh, taxis yes when you go to a taxi the doors are automatic don't open the door they get pissed
0: they're giving like general tour advice he's giving general (laughs) tour advice i'm thinking like just music he's over here
2: like ready for the guided tour of the emperor imperial palace (laughs) this is what they Uh, ask me uh yeah you don't have to tip at the bar but you can uh, if there's other bands performing with you, buy their merch because they'll buy yours. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Oh, well, in that time. case,
0: I guess it would be good to say, uh, when you come play a show here, don't just show up for your set and then leave. Oh yeah, I hate that. Uh, and don't yes. just hide in the back room like divas. You know, watch all the bands, hang oh. out, chat, talk to them because. Probably, especially first, second tour, nobody came here to see you. Yeah. They came to see the other bands. So mingle, become friends with the other bands, try to capture their audience. Absolutely. Go stand by your merch table. I've had some bands, it's like their merch table is loaded up with teas, Nary a band member to be found.
2: Oh, my you're God. The back,
0: And you're like, uh. who's selling your merch? <laughs> nobody. Like, oh, nobody. <laughs> uh, nobody here came for us. Yeah, but you go out there and you give a hey and they saw you on stage they're gonna talk they buy a few stickers maybe they buy the cd Mm -hmm, they remember mm -hmm. you for next time they remember you for next time Uh, so i do often suggest that bands make like a postcard uh so when they have their merch for sale but have a postcard that they can give out for free that has like band photo on one side and on the other side has a QR code so that they can link to the various social media uh um, mentioned and then give those out hey thanks for coming to the show here have a postcard check the QR code go to the Instagram follow yeah they're going to remember oh i met this band that was from the US or Canada or Mexico or Australia or New Zealand and got this cool
2: postcard oh that's awesome that's a really really good idea Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I'm questioned. Wow. You are a very good guest on this show. Wow. I, you answered like, I, I've got a whole page full of like 30, 40 questions. <laughs> and you, just by just by having you here, you answered all the questions. I was like, I'm just like, just like checking questions. Like, yep. Oh, yeah. okay. That's okay. That.
0: I try. I try. Wow.
2: No, you did an amazing job. Jeremy, do you have any questions? One last question. So um, let's think
3: ahead for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when do bands need to start applying to to be in next year's show? Oh, great okay. question.
0: So, well, one thing I want to add is year round, I coordinate and book tours for overseas bands as well as domestic bands. So the festival isn't all I do. I do do artist management of some Japanese artists. I do a little one-off consulting with different labels here you know, when they're interested in going overseas to give advice. And and so all through the year, overseas bands though will contact and say, hey, I want to do a tour in Japan. Uh, So maybe I should remind bands that if you do want to come to Japan, you can do that anytime. Um, Plan your date six months in advance. So you need to contact me or whoever you're asking to do your tour, you know, if you want to come in August, you need to tell us in in January, <laughs> because venues tend to book up anywhere from five to 12 months in advance, depending upon the genre and how popular the venue is. Yep. So uh, a venue could say, hey, we'd love to have that band, but we don't have any openings until, you know, November of 2023. <laughs> so yep. you have to have some advance uh, time with that. Now, for the festival, our plan is to open up the overseas submissions in May. uh, Well, May, June, July, August, September. Yeah, May, because we want to be able to give them their uh, acceptance or not. And then if they are accepted, it is far enough in advance that if they actually do want to do an actual tour, around a festival uh, appearance, they can. This year was tricky because, you know, the borders, we didn't know if they were gonna open. So um, venues were not willing to book in overseas bands until they heard the actual government announcement, borders will open. So by the time we heard that, you know, it was like uh, early September. So Mm -hmm. some of the bands were like, oh, can you make me a tour? Can you book a tour for me? But sadly, a lot of venues were like, ah, we are full through March 2023. Can they come in April? And it's like, ah, maybe no. Some of them actually, some some bands said, you know, after we experience the festival, we will plan to actually come for a tour. But we want to give enough advance notice so that next time those that do want to have a full tour, maybe go to some other cities as well, they can do that.
2: That's awesome. And how can people contact you?
0: Well, uh, of course, if you go to Instagram and look up inter Idoru, you can find me both my management page, which is pretty sparse. Um, you know, I just throw things on that now and then, or my personal page, which is mostly about music, uh, sometimes avocados, uh, or travel, uh, or Facebook. Of course, I have my business page there as well as my personal page. And if you just actually Google uh, music tour in Japan, apparently my name comes up. I don't Google myself. You know, I, I, I've heard it's a bad thing to Google yourself. You never know what you're going to see. I
2: But do it every day. I- uh, yeah, I, I'm guilty. I, uh, but I can't I do, stop it.
0: I do yeah. often get emails or messages through my uh, Facebook business page, and somebody will say, hey, I was Googling about setting up a, a tour for my band in Japan, and your name came up. So I was like, okay, yeah, so if you <laughs> Google that. Apparently, I'm on Reddit <laughs> for that, and um, the general SEO Just through happenstance, I mean, I haven't even tried to do that. So Hmm. I'm findable.
2: Well, man, April, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. We're going to get this show up uh, hopefully tomorrow morning. So uh, we could do a lot of promotion for you. And uh, yeah, definitely. And I'm going to be at your uh, venue. I'm going to be there um, definitely Saturday night, late night. And then I'm going to be there in the afternoon on Sunday. Super. yeah, so I'm going to be there both Saturday and Sunday. I can't wait. Actually, I'm really, really stoked, and I'm so happy Bad Mary is coming to Japan. I was actually kind of bummed that they weren't playing. I was like, "Oh, where's Bad Mary? Oh, they're in there. Awesome!" But yeah,
0: yeah, they had some other stuff to do, so they didn't submit. But uh, uh, just off the top of my head, I think that it's June or July. But um, I'm preparing like to send out bookings for them. I I already have maybe nine bands that i'm about to plot tours for for the months of uh april through july so oh, cool. i'm working cool. on that now so of course johnny you'll get one of those i'm sure nice. someone would like to come to fukuoka so i'm totally down if you guys okay. want to set up something in fukuoka okay
3: great and it's not just my bar i'm i in the in the area with like the the shibuya area that we we all have our bars at mm-hmm. there's four other there's a, <clears throat> a total of four foreigners that own bars down there and i'm sure that everyone would like to have a band play oh, and so it, would ju- it wouldn't it would just be my bar i'll talk to the other guys and uh we'll get like a little thing going
0: that would be super when i book tours i really like to do kind of a combination of the the standard Japanese live house booking but then also get them into some of the nice uh, expat run bars it's a little uh, freer for them you know and they don't have to worry about oh I cannot speak Japanese and they can just kind of enjoy hang out meet some other people maybe you know get some tips and tricks about what should we do for sightseeing etc so definitely love to stay in contact Uh, that's what my
3: bar is all about I mean, everyone speaks English there so yeah, definitely. It's not, it's not necessarily a live house, but we do have live house capability.
0: Well then that's, that's key. Wherever there's a stage and a microphone, a band can play.
2: I agree. Nice, nice, nice. Well, on that note, once again, April, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. Faders, thank you so much for fading with us tonight. And uh, I promise I'll never do this show and drink uh Whatever I'm drinking right now, Kool Aid, (laughs) strong Kool Aid. Oh my God. Wow. I think I'm almost half blind. I think actually I need these, sun- <laughs> these sunglasses now. <laughs> Where's my white cane? Ah! But um, Faders, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us tonight and uh, fading. And uh, yes, definitely, Um, if you're in Japan, if you're in the uh, Tokyo area, make sure you come to this festival. This festival is Tokyo Beyond Festival, and it's happening this weekend. So definitely come to it. And um, if you're listening to this in the future, like maybe uh, in five months, six months or something like that, definitely go. Google Tokyo Beyond Festival and go to the next one. Or if you're coming to Japan, buy your tickets and kind of arrange it where you can come to Japan and check out this festival because, dudes... You're going to get a combination of amazing Japanese bands and international bands all in one building. I mean, this is like an old school 90s rave if you think mm-hmm. about it. Remember the mm-hmm. raves where you like you went to a warehouse in like downtown Detroit and like one floor was like house, one floor was techno, one floor is like really hardcore techno. It's the same thing but it's all rock and roll love, baby. And mm-hmm. the I just want to say again, thank you so much for fading with us. And uh, yeah, if you want to know a little bit more about Godfated Japan, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, there's many things that you can do to uh, check us out and support the show. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube, and uh, Patreon. Yes. And uh, Jeremy, what else can we do? Is is, uh, is that it? Is that it? Did I say everything? No, no, no. Like, look, we of course we
3: want you to give us your money. Oh yeah, We always want your money. But if oh, you don't yeah. have any money, we still oh, no. want you to hang out with us, and we still want you to share our videos. Share your share these videos with friends so they can learn about festivals, learn about rock bands, learn about where to go and hang out when they come to Japan. And uh, you're helping everybody out. You're helping us out. You're helping your friends out. And you're helping
2: April out. We're, everyone's happy. It's a win-win situation, y'all. So mm-hmm. please share our videos. <laughs> yep, you're helping yourself phone too. All right. Well, on that note, Faders, thank you very much for uh, enjoying the show and fading with us and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks. Jeremy? Go fuck yourselves.
1: Ah, There we go. (laughs) All right.
3: (laughs) Eight Stars American Bar,
1: located between Daimyo and Yakune. Come get your party on. Hey, yo, what's up, Vaders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out, and I've got paintings, i got prints, i got videos, and I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work, Prints are about 2000 n each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is... T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K dot com. The SpillDink dot com. Proper. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if
2: you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. If you're gonna get your fade on you gotta get your fade on in style and that's why I use ghost town pomade ghost town pomade is the number one badass pomade and I practice what I preach when I leave this house if I'm not wearing a hat if I'm not wearing a lid I'm wearing ghost town pomade in my hair this stuff is amazing it smells good it looks good and it feels good ghost town pomade badass pomade and let me tell you one thing in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's Palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your feet on
1: in style. Pop-a. In Tokyo in and craving soul food. Got just the place for you, Soul Food House in Azubujuvah. Check out what we do at SoulFoodHouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. My little brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Will oh, you eat your mom finds out, buddy? I've got a government job to abuse and lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure? I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't stand to, to it. You sure? Excuse me. We're going freaky. We came. We saw. We kicked it down. Your move, creep. Uh-huh. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. Suicide. This is a fucked up it's Republican shit. Suicide. Suicide. Right, right, right. Eh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.